Yeah, let's get the real. Let's get the real Marcus in here. Real, the real Marcus in here. Sounds were boring. Dot com. That sounded really echoey. Holy shit! We're we're just shooting people today. Do you have a mic? Your uh, your real your real thing doesn't have a mic. Oh, there it is. Yeah. No. Shoot. You can hear me, right? Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. So. This, this, yeah, this is the mic um, that I actually talk into. Um, the the computer does not have a mic attached to it. Jesus, I don't know why really it's echoey. Yeah, reverberated. So, so um, that sounds like that better. That sounds like a buckshot. Yeah, that's a buckshot. That's not like a or like a really heavy pistol. I'm not sure which one. That's, I mean, that's loud, man. I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. It's the we same just, shot. It's the we same just, one. We just killed the audience. <laughs> How are you going to boo the audience, man? No, I'm booing <laughs> us for killing the audience. Yeah, we deserve it. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Welcome. This week to the weekly drive by. And the bullets in the gun. The fuck was that? The bullets are good. Is that the bullets are gone? And the bullets in the gun. Is that a rechamber? Is that a rechamber <laughs> thing? And the bullets in the gun. Oh my fucking god. Oh my fucking I spent like five minutes doing that earlier today. <laughs> right before the show, and I was just like, this is the dumbest shit I've done for the show, but I needed to do it. And the bullets and the gun. So it's like a six shooter then. You gotta like count six shots and then play the bullets and the gun thing. And the bullets and the gun. Fastest shot in the West, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It is November 14th. It's cold. It's dark. Fuck this weather. I hate I hate November. November fucking sucks, man. This month is shit. Uh, once October finishes, uh, it's over. I, I don't know about that. I get it. We're starting off with a disagreement. Um, I think November's pretty chill. I, I dig November for the most part. It got cold here, too, recently. But um, I don't know. Like when I went back to Seattle, it was like 40 degrees. And then I came back here and it was like 80 degrees. And I was like, damn, I kind of missed the 40 degrees. And then it got 40 degrees here. And I'm like, damn, I kind of missed the 80 degrees. Yeah. Like, damn. No, I this this is not very good. I just I mean, here it's just gray and it's just brown. Like the trees, you know, the barren, barren trees and brown clouds and just shit sucks, man. Not a fan dislike november so far not been a not been a, a month to live up to no has no. there been any uh especially disappointing things this month no uh not yet <laughs> okay all right fair 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 not point. yet but um, there's plenty of time it's plenty of time to make it <laughs> we got a half month left to go so i oh, geez, uh it's already the middle of november wow yeah yeah 
that's just that's just going to keep happening. You're on the ride. You can't get off. So it is what it is. I have a I have a funny story I want to start off the show with, and this is my first topic. But it's November, and in a week, the stupid semen slurping soccer tournament of all time begins, <laughs> and it's been uh, it's been in the news. That this country in the Middle East, if you can call it a country, uh, called Qatar, is uh, is hosting it, and plenty of plenty of news has come out about this country and, and how fake the entire thing is. They have uh, one one news piece was that they paid country of France fourteen and a half billion with a B dollars for fighter jets from France in exchange for France and other, maybe other countries in the EU, I'm not sure, basically buying their vote, like in the voting process, all the countries vote on a team, and Qatar has basically been sending money to everyone so that they would vote for them. This year was supposed to be (laughs) the year that the U.S. hosted the World Cup, but Qatar came in with their money, and then the U.S. had to wait four years. So there's that. The U.S. We couldn't we couldn't shell out 14 billion for this, really. We didn't, we didn't want to. I'll be honest, yeah, we didn't want enough, to. We were going to get it no matter what, and we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to wait four years. These these guys are insane. Qatar and their oil money. Um. So there's obviously been stories, almost ad nauseum, about um the migrant workers, which I mean they're called slaves. They're they're literally just slaves, uh, that made. I don't know how many of their stadiums, like I want to just say a couple, like they don't have a, they don't, I think they have like four stadiums in all that usually you kind of have like eight to 10, I suppose. I think they only have four. So they're rotating the same like four stadiums every single day. Cause there's four games a day. So one game per day and they're just rotating it. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how many estimates there are six, I've seen 6,500. I'm not sure if that's updated or not. Maybe it's more. But, you know, some tune to the number of thousands of slaves have died making this thing. Um, There have been stories. There have been really cringeworthy things about people coming out and boycotting it. Um, the, The only major boycott was done by a, like, a jersey manufacturer and the jersey manufacturer basically didn't put their their like name on the jersey of the country they're like representing, which is Denmark. Uh, and they said that they were protesting the uh, occurrence of it. And and also, there's just like all it's the stupidest thing. It's like these companies are doing like the most gold medal mental gymnastics of all time, trying to like not show support for this thing yet also get paid for it. And it's just, there's also the anti LGBT stuff that like the U S England and Germany and France, and maybe a couple other countries are trying to like toe the line as close as they can without getting full on kicked out of the world cup to try and be as gay as possible uh, because Qatar because <laughs> Qatar will not allow any of that. There's like been fake. There's first of all, this is like a fire festival thing. All the fans are sitting in these, like I'm going to call them trailer parks because they look like very nice trailer parks uh, out in the desert and sex. If you're not married is prohibited. 
That's that's fact. You cannot do it at the World Cup. You can't drink alcohol. What, what happens if you try and do it? They're probably going to arrest you and and probably like eight years in jail. Like <laughs> genuinely. Um, this is a it, it's very very strange. And you know, there. I'm trying to think of what else before I get to the last one because the last one is the funniest shit I've ever fucking seen. But there's all the you know there's just a oh there was one English commentator who is very 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 notoriously like you know he does sports stuff and then he tries to relay it into politics in the most cringy liberal possible way and he basically once like once news came out that he was going to work for Bain like E E I N so I'm just gonna say Bain the mask of the man Bain yeah Bain sport <laughs> um once news came out that he was going to work for Bain Sport, people immediately, you know, went on his Twitter and be like, "Oh wow, you were really uh, disportive of this whole thing." And then he was like, "Uh, just because I'm working for them doesn't mean I'm supporting this whole." Thing. And I'm like, "Bro, please just shut the fuck up and die." Like, no one yeah, needs I don't this. Know how he's, I don't know how he's square in that circle there. But the biggest of all, and this has happened in the last half week because the World Cup is just kind of starting. So think of this. You got all these countries from Europe, South America, North America, you know, you got Australia and a couple Asian countries, and then you have Qatar. And Qatar is pretty much as far away from all of like the richer places that would maybe even consider coming to the to Qatar for the World Cup. Uh, and given it's like a month or a month and a half, long, I don't know how long this tournament, it's like pretty long. Um they have basically found that there was a shortage of fans and given all the fa- all the rules that i just kind of said like basically why would you go and spend like a month here also there's a bunch of working people it's in winter given you know it'll be like warm there cuz it's desert they have found that there are a very large shortage of fans that were like going to expected based on flight purchases and ticket purchases and qatar basically the government because like that's what they are at this point it's a government that's you know dedicated to this world cup they were like yeah we need we need a lot more people to come here so what do you think they did you had to take a guess what do you think qatar did to solve this problem to get more people to like visit and stay for the world games for the world cup yeah i'm sorry for, for the world cup yeah jesus um they legalized fornication for that period of time. They did not do that. Ah, well, that would have been an easy one. But, um, hmm. I don't know what they do. Qatar decided to turn to someone that was more local. A very large, perhaps untapped sporting community of fans. They bought thousands, probably tens of thousands of Indian people to come and wear flags of countries that are going to be at the World Cup. There is an Argentine Indian camp of fans. There is a Brazilian Indian camp of fans. There is a German Indian camp of fans. All of these giant camps of fans, maybe minus like two or three countries, are like fucking 80% plus Indian people that are just getting paid to go and like pretend that they're enjoying this shit. But there's like all these countries in Europe, like like there was one of um 
There was one of Portugal, and there was one of there was one of France. I can't remember a lot of the other ones, but like it's just like all these. And there was a picture of um, Brazilian fans and Argentine fans, both of which are like mostly Indian, discussing which country was better. <laughs> it's like, like a discussion. So this is just another thing of like how unbelievably fake all of this shit is it's like how far people in modern society will go to like you know keep the lie alive just for the sake of the money because holy shit this is the this is like the most sellout thing i have ever seen in a long time so uh, um i'm just confused why why are they buying these indian fans yet because like what they're spending money to it's all do public image because they need oh my fans to be at the stadiums and the stadiums to not be half empty and they need to like you know look good for the cameras that's all it's for this is <laughs> they have also spent like an insane amount of money on this world like the government has spent an insane amount of money on the world cup far like at least 10 to 100 times more than any other country like that was hosting it ever. And and people will say like Russia four years back like did a bunch of shit. Brazil spent a fuck ton of money. Like Qatar has spent 10 to 100 times as much money than than any of them because oil. It's literally it. I'm I mean, I guess I get it. It's just what. So they 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 paid off everybody else to to host the World Cup, basically to, to yes. get it in their country. They had to pay everybody off, and then oh shocker, uh, nobody actually wants to come here to watch this because that's the whole reason we had to pay people off to get it here in the first place. So then they have to pay more people to pretend to like certain countries this is just it you're right this is just such a sham (laughs) it's a complete fire festival it's a complete (laughs) fire festival in like sporting form the world you know the world's game it's like the world's game the last two have been hosted by russia and qatar like places that barely care about soccer and are just like kind of spending like using corruption to pull the strings and host events and shit and it's just it's just absolutely wild and um yeah it's 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 just it, it's a sight to see it's you know oh they're also they're also paying americans to that are at the place like the camps and stuff that if they post if like oh i'm at qatar this place sucks you know sort sort of thing on social media they're going to find that person and get them like kicked out <laughs> <laughs> that's a job that's a job of some people i don't know if they're like managers like social media managers or something but there are people that are getting paid for like all of that to like well, they're not people. doing it for free yeah to... it's uh it's it's truly like how bad can it get and people like are waiting for the games to start to see who like throws up some some rainbow pride flags because then they're going to get kicked out. Their flags are going to get stolen. They may get arrested. I don't think they get arrested, but they'll definitely get kicked out of the country. And it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Someone's someone's going to bring the gay flag, and they're going to start waving it or something. 
um, and the cameras will cut off immediately. It's just going to be very, very odd. And I and I hope that uh, I hope that it gets as uncomfortable as possible for them, because it'll <laughs> because then it'll be actually fun to watch. So yeah, that's my story. That's what I read about. But people actually, people actually do like the World Cup, right? Like people watch it, right? Yeah, I say so. Yeah, every four, you know, it's an every four years thing. You can pretend to care. The U.S. is in it. They're playing England, and England has to fucking die five times in a row. Please, <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I'll probably like, you know, I'll do. I'll check. I'll check the score, and then if I see America's winning, I'll go and shit post so fucking hard for like an hour. And uh, probably never let any English person live it down. But if I uh, check the score and America's losing, I'd be like, yeah, we don't even care about this sport. You know, football is a, you know, more of a football country. <laughs> the easy American. More of, a, more, more of a basketball country, to be honest. <laughs> more of a school shooting country. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is my story. That is my background story. And... Uh, yeah, I've got nothing else to say. You can move on if you want. It's a very fun experience. That's coming up in like a week or so. Yeah, Jesus. I'm just reading about these these laws that you were talking about. And um it is it's pretty insane. Um flogging is employed as a punishment for alcohol consumption or illicit sexual relations article 88 of qatar's criminal code declares that the penalty for adultery is 100 lashes and in 2006 a filipino woman was sentenced that punishment yeah but that's a filipino woman if it was like a fucking english person do you think they'd do it i don't know maybe while while everyone is watching them at the world cup i don't think they're going to get the lashes you know, when all eyes are on them, I don't think the punishments will be that severe, but they'll definitely kick people out of the country. Yeah, uh, you can also get uh, stoned. I don't know if it's stoned to death or just like for a period of time for uh, apostasy or homosexuality. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're punishable with the death penalty, uh, but it has apparently never been carried out for either crime. That's interesting. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Something will happen, though. It'll happen at some point. It may happen very early or at the very, very end. But I'm banking on, on it being one of those two. Bro, you go to Qatar to go see the World Cup. Um, you have to get a license to buy alcohol. Uh, and that's only if you're like if you're, you know, like a uh, a Muslim from from England or something. You still can't buy alcohol there. Uh, only non-Muslims can do it, and you have to get a, a fucking permit to do it. So, of course, nobody wants to go there to watch fucking soccer. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really just a fucking shambles. Like, I don't know why anyone would go there. It doesn't seem like fun in any regard, especially because the country is not very scenic. It's a flat desert. I wouldn't even call it a plain. Like, it's just a flat desert. Oh, you know what though? I'm I'm giving fake news because um, specifically for the World Cup, uh, Qatari officials have also indicated a willingness to allow alcohol in "quote unquote" fan zones. I don't know what that means, but it's gonna be like your yeah. smoking areas. You know, these are the places yeah. you can drink, and it's like a circle painted on the ground. It's like small. <laughs> You're cramped in there trying to drink with other people. Yeah, this is zero fun. Yeah, so they bought a bunch of Indian people to go, and uh, those those Indians are making a bunch of social media posts about it, and they're going, they're having the time of their life. 
Dude, that seems like a good gig. If somebody paid me to go out um, and pretend to enjoy another country and basically get like a free vacation out of it, sure, I'd do it. Yeah, but you know, can't drink unless you're in the circle. Unless you're in the circle, <laughs> the the circle s- drink, the little squeezed circle. <laughs> Yeah, so you step one foot out, get fifty lashes. <laughs> they just—they're just gonna cut your leg off, man. They're gonna—you like step out of the circle with that leg, and they got a chainsaw already there. Yeah, get back in there. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, it's a. Uh, I'm like honestly, I like. Right when they did the draw, like back in April, I was like, I can't wait to watch it. But now I'm like, wow, it's in a week. Yeah, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> But yeah, the background. Yeah, we got better things to do. Yeah. So, but the uh, better things to do. What's um, what's on your list? What can I pick off? I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a little bit of music talk early on here, a little bit earlier than we normally get to it because this is something that was on the backlog for a while, and I finally got to it today. Uh, Today, I listened to what is as of. Right now, if I'm correct, which I might be, but I might not be, so I'm stalling to try (laughs) and figure this out. But it's difficult because things are not where they're supposed to be. But now I can say for a fact that this is the number two album of the year on ROIM. This is Hellfire by Black Midi. That's right. I listened okay. to some Black Midi today. Okay. Okay. Now, Black Midi is a band that I have very little experience with. Um, I remember way back in the day, in the in the fucking prehistoric times of 2019, that they released their debut album Schlagenheim. Which I don't, what does that mean? Something? Do you know any German? Does that mean something? No, I don't. I don't, I don't really know what that means. Thought it was like a game. Was it? Yeah, it's, this up. thought it was the hammer in the hammer in like the the log thing where you hammer nails in. Like that's Schlagenheim. Um, I thought maybe. I thought I, that sounds kind of right. Um, apparently it translates to hit home. You so know that could, really know that, could that, that could be right. You know, you hit the nail home, get back into the tree. You know. Yeah, makes enough sense. Anyway, I listened to Schlagenheim way back then. Um, I thought it was pretty good, but at the same time, I haven't listened to it in those four years or three years or whatever. You know, the infinite time that has passed since the world has gone through just boring times. Um, Yeah, I don't really remember it at all. But okay, they really have three main albums. And this one, uh, Hellfire from 2022, is currently sitting at a 3.94 after 15,000 ratings. That is enough to bump it up to number 274 overall. So this is supposed to be in the top 300 albums of all time. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little, little nervous because, you know, honestly, I haven't listened to Black Midi since 2019. Um, I probably did not like them as much as I thought I did. Um, but, you know, we're going in. Uh, what's, what's the thing Review Bra says when, he, when he's about to take a bite of the food? He says, like, going in, 
Doesn't he should just say going in? I think mean, he does just say going in. Yeah, I'll edit say, that in I later. I'm trying to think, like, what else does he say? <laughs> um, my thoughts on this Black Midi album is not good. Oh, no. This is a not good album. And I am, I want to say I'm shocked that RYM is, is heaping all this praise on it. Um, but I'm kind of not. Uh, it's, of course, it's, it's, you know, the genres are like a bunch of like, oh, this is really fucking avant prog, math rock, brutal prog, jazz rock. So, okay, it's like bunch pretty tacky. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's like a lot of wank and stuff going on, but, you know, fine, that comes with the territory. That doesn't really mean that it's good or bad. Um, but this kind of sounds like you shoved 2005 Panic at the Disco through like the early Hella albums. So the drumming rips, I'm, I'm at like, I like the drumming, whatever that guy's doing, he's doing some good shit. Uh, but a lot of it is just kind of cheesy to me. Like it's so over the top theatrical. Um, the vocals are kind of sort of a spoken word, like an arrhythmic spoken word thing where half the time he's just talking really fast about nothing as far as I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. Just fine. I don't. I don't need the lyrics to be about anything. But there's also like, there's like no emotion in them at all. They're just very bland. The delivery is just there's there's nothing there to it. Like it's it's all just kind of words words. Here's another words. Here's some words. I got some more words. I got some big words too. It's just <laughs> stuff like that for a while. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I think it would be more enjoyable without that. And a lot of the time they have this sort of tendency to just throw like eight different things at you at once and not in like a fun free jazz way, just in like a, we have all these ideas, but we don't actually know how to write around these ideas. So here's just the ideas and, you know, props for, I guess, creativity on that front, but there's just, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's really any songwriting going on here. Um, Now, Something that I also just kind of mentioned, um, this is something that might be bad criticism because it's it's so intangible and, and you know, even hyper subjective just because, you know, anytime you're talking about the quality of music, eventually, unless you're falling into that trap of like, oh, there's eight riffs per minute here and, you know, trying to quantify it in some way that just makes you seem like a fucking nerd. Uh, you're going to have to talk about like feelings, like what something feels like. Yeah. And this album did not feel like anything to me. Like I, I got nothing out of it. I'm sitting there and I'm listening to it and I'm not really even waiting for the next thing to happen. It's just things keep happening. Um, there's nothing that really makes me take a step back and, and think, oh, wow, that was that was good. That was interesting. I want to hear that again. It's just things happening and more things happening and now the next thing's happening and oh here's this totally different thing happening now and here's some more words 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 it's like I, who what this just isn't interesting like there's no feeling to it there's nothing to ground it there's nothing to make me want to return to it um i actually li- really like um the the first review on here right now uh written by an italian guy i think named flying gnome he gave it a 0.5. I don't think it was that bad. Uh, but he basically said, you know, he, he put this into better words than I just did, um, where he says, 
What I really can't picture is someone in 10 years from now saying, oh, I fondly look back at that very unpleasantly sounding record with that guy blathering weird shit really fast with a phony emphatic voice over soulless, hyper-technical, pretentious instrumentals. That really stuck with me. It truly meant something. And I agree with that. Like, I can't, I can't really imagine anyone looking back at this, even if somebody, you know, there's albums like, uh, like, I don't know, like Attack on Memory by Cloud Now Things, which is something that came out in 2012 when I was in, you know, at that really, you know, emotionally vulnerable age and stuff. And I can still go back to it and I can still kind of feel the things that I felt then listening to that, even if I don't agree with those feelings anymore. You know, I can look back and think, oh, yeah, that feeling. I remember that feeling. This is, you know, there's there's something there's something to the core there where with this one. This Black Midi Hellfire, I I really don't see how anybody in, you know, who's maybe like in that, you know, like 14 to, to 19 age range, um, looking back at this in, in 2032 and, and going, wow, that, that feeling, I remember that feeling. Like it really stuck with me. Like that was something that was really true and honest. I just don't get that here at the end of the day, like, yes, it's, it's very technical. These guys are very talented. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, but this is just not interesting art at all. Um, I, I don't want to listen to it again. I might eventually, <laughs> but maybe when I'm just like, you know, going, going back through all the black MIDI stuff to try and get my two cents in the conversation here. But if I'm putting a number on it right now, this is, this is a pretty solid two out of five to me, man, this is just not good. It's not interesting. I don't recommend it. I think what you said about the the looking back and reflecting on the emotion that the album made you feel at a certain time. I definitely I've listened to two Black Midi albums. I listened to the 2021. I want to say it was called Cavalcade or something similar. But kind of exactly what you're describing is exactly how that album felt too. And it's 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 emotionally null. That's what I would say. There is absolutely no emotion emitted from any of it. It is just, it is just like a random generation of of frequencies, and there is absolutely no artistic, you know, strings that are pull, that are holding it all together, that are eminent on you know a, a number on a good number of percentage of albums that exist. There's some creative strings that hold them together, but they may not be good. But Black Mini to me. You know, ever since like post Schlagenheim, I wasn't, imp- I haven't been impressed by anything I've listened to. And I want to say that I've listened to like one single on Hellfire and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm not doing this. <laughs> There's just nothing that it makes me feel. It does, you know, I, I think that this is an album that falls into a lot of the, a lot of people's, you know, they give it an extra star or another star and a half because they think it's artistically made they don't like it they don't like they don't like it there's nothing that can like really extract from it but they think oh this sounds like it took a lot of work to make or oh this sounds like it's very different therefore it's good like no it can it could still suck and (laughs) and and a lot of black mini kind of to me like the more newer stuff just just isn't as good and um 
Yeah, that's what I wanted to say about that. I, I was surprised that you gave it a two. I, I was thinking this was going to be the, the one. It's going to start with a 1.5 because there's, you know, it just gets to like a point where it's like, why are you even making this shit? Like, do people really like it just from just from just because it's artistic? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only reason like I, I feel like I can't put this down that far because again these guys are clearly very talented and very proficient with their instruments and it's only 38 minutes long so it's not like you know this took a, a huge chunk out of my day that i was just like i'm, I'm never going to get back and it's not like i was ever like wow i can't wait for this to end it was just that i wasn't looking forward i wasn't ever looking forward to what was going to happen next it was just here's a thing and then there's going to be another thing and oh now there's a different thing like there's no there's there's just it's just stuff happening. Like that's that's all this album is. It's not. It, I don't want to say it's not music, but it's like it's just things happening. There's there's no no emotional core to it. There's nothing to to really pique my interest at any specific point because it's so quirky that like whenever they do a new thing, it's just oh they're doing a quirky thing again. Like it's not surprising. There's no no exciting twists and turns. It's just twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, do you do you, would you use the word sensory overload for the sake of it to describe this album? At points, definitely. Um, I don't have any specific songs to uh, to point to with that, but yeah, I, I can definitely see that thought popping through my head at different points on this album. Yeah, I can. Uh, I I feel that for a lot of stuff that isn't really dreary, like post metal or post rock, that is is like solemn and despair filled that the other way to appeal to the newer music listening base is to just throw in a lot of things happening and therefore it's good and because they'll (laughs) like it and there are i could probably think of three or three or four acts off the top of my head in the last in the last four to five years where that was the case where you know bands just put out hyper stuff and it's got a lot of shit going on and it's very fast, and therefore younger people like it. Doesn't even, I mean, arrange like certain arrangements can be good, but it's just a lot of extra stuff, one by one by one by one by one. You know, idea yeah, to I idea. Mean, I I think you're you're right there. Where I would honestly, you know, kind of say that this is this is a very TikTok album. You know, like this is a TikTok of music kind of album where it's just that it's just nonstop content. To. it's just nonstop content where because new things are happening you know that's that's what a lot of especially a lot of younger listeners are looking for these days because they don't have attention spans honestly like zoomers just do not have attention spans um even though they can watch you know fucking the same youtube video 80 times over and recite it back to you uh i I don't really understand how they can manage that uh, but at the same time you know just nonstop content that's constantly changing that doesn't have to hold your attention for any more than like 10 to, or I don't even know how long a TikTok video lasts because I'm not on it because I'm an old man. Um, yeah, you know, somewhere between like five to 15 seconds and oh, now that's done. Now I have this other five to 15 second section that I can go to. And maybe it's the same person talking over it. So that's where you get like the vocals here where the guy's just going words, 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 words. But ultimately there's just nothing underneath it tying it together there's there's no there's no human element to it it's just it feels very ai generated like here's here's an algorithm based on sounds you might find interesting 
Yeah, I uh, I tend to not like those albums. I can I can see what you're describing though, and it and it's kind of making me mad. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's it's kind of making me mad. Um, gunshot. Um, so yeah, I. Uh, you have any last thoughts? I don't have anything to say about this album. There's not much to say. It's just like another one that makes me kind of disappointed that people like it so much because, you know, for reasons. Yeah, I mean, I I really hate to be like the, you know, all all new music is bad or like all the the new critically acclaimed music is just not good. But for the most part, like, uh, but hey, hey, we've listened to some stuff this year that we've absolutely liked. And that's not to say that it's a minority, but we've listened to a number of albums that we've liked that were released this year. So you can't really say that because we've we've listened to a number of stuff. That's true. It's just. You know, it's. I feel like the charts have gotten more and more disappointing as um as the years have gone by, and I I think part of it is just because they're they're tweaking the algorithm on this site. You know, that's all the rage these days. Everybody's talking about how everybody's tweaking all the algorithms, um, but they've definitely changed the way that things are scored in the past like few years. I want to say. Um, Oh yeah, a number of times. I feel like they do it like twice a year. It's just like my feeling. Yeah, because there's some stuff where, and I'll I'll get back on this later. Uh, so remind me to get back on this if I don't. But there's some stuff where it's like this number has to, like I'm not I'm not saying that um, you know there's voter fraud going on here, but <laughs> take a look at it. Yeah, you just look at the, the curve or something. This is, this is horseshit. This is totally not right. I'm just asking questions, that's all. sitting at 44th in uh, 2022 uh, it's got a 3.65 on 505 ratings so you figure it'll probably settle right above a 3.5 i'm talking about the new album released 10 days ago by the artist called horse lords uh, lords of horses i suppose uh, and this this album is called comradely objects Look at the album. It's got a nice, got a nice font. I like the font, Comradely Objects. I like the yellow on green. I think those are uh, two very nice colors. And we got like four balls that I thought, you know, you know, the one like science, like a conservation of momentum, like the balls and they're like five of them and they, you know, only the ends move back and forth. It's kind of mm-hmm. what I thought about when I saw those balls, just, just on the basis that they're the same color, really. Um, but we've got, <laughs> Experimental rock, totalism, math rock, and then we got some secondaries. Crot rock, crotch rock. Do you say crotch rock, kraut rock? What do you say? I, I say kraut rock, but I that has to be wrong, right? I mean, I wouldn't say crotch rock. That's definitely more wrong than kraut rock. Crot mm. rock. You could say kraut rock, but that's kind well, of like know, a like, mouthful. 
the food like sauerkraut right like that's how you yeah. say that yeah you could kraut say rock. kraut rock so we got kraut rock jazz rock post rock and free jazz that's a lot of stuff you look at the album time it is 41 and a half minutes long and typically i would say if you threw those if you gave me like um you like told me to guess how long is this album with these tags i'd be saying 67 minutes like that's a pretty pretty good estimate uh mm-hmm. no it's not it's 41 minutes got seven songs one of which is a minute and a half so listening to this album i realized about the third song maybergrade I was listening to a saxophone getting sexually offended by someone's mouth. <laughs> I swear to God, there is someone that is playing the saxophone on Meg Brigade as if he is like, what's the word for mouth? I don't know. Using his mouth to undress a saxophone out of the saxophone's like wine dress. I'm dead serious. That is exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like he is like fondling the saxophone. <laughs> And the saxophone is like crying out for help about two thirds of the way through the song. That like five second long thing is by far the most audially, sonically like disturbing thing. I don't know if I like it though. Cause I think I, I think I might like it. It's very, very like he by far, I'm going to say this. And this is not to say that everything else is bad. Saxophone guy is fucking destroying on this album. He there are there's I mean even just in in May Brigade where I mean he just like takes over the song completely makes it his own. The stuff on Plane Hunt on Four, the very last song is a lot of the softer stuff, and it's just like you're listening to someone that has such a delicate touch on the saxophone that you're impressed because he goes from I'm saying sexually offending a saxophone in the third song to just like kind of leaving drops leaving little leaving little touches throughout the song uh it's like more of it's a lot more of a closeout than anything and uh it's it's definitely not like a fade out like a jazz band fade out in the last song it's a it's it's very very eloquent i will say also another highlight of this album is I can't remember if it's the outro of Zero Degree Machine or the intro of Mess Mind, but there is a there is a piano solo on here that is just very very it takes you away. Um, so I definitely recommend listening to this. I will say, uh, songs one through three are are stellar. There, it's it's just a complete barrage of sound. I mean, there I'm trying to I want to find what the instrumental credits are. Got percussion. I mean, there is a lot of percussion on this. I I want to believe that the that the percussion like size of everything that's going on back there is probably one point five times the the size of like a normal just drum set, because I feel like he he needed percussion to be labeled because it's a lot more than drums. There's there's a very and and this is a, you know another defining quality of kraut rock, but there's just I mean the diversity of sounds in the percussion is is unmatched unleveled it's got a lot of everything and i want to say that there are there's at least two guitars because there's points where you get the really really light picking 
that's i mean you could it sounds like your the the guy's bare fingers just picking off like these really really high pitched chords one by one and then in the background you've got some motherfucker just chunking on something like <laughs> deep chunk you know taking deep chunks while this guy is like just nicely finger prickling the strings and the guy in the background is just wah, wah, wah. like it's very very good sound <laughs> Uh, I will say that songs four and five, one of which is like the minute and a half song, it's like a total like gets really, really slow. And the album loses a lot of energy after the third song. And I and I do think that songs six and seven really, uh, you know, they, they, they do a good job in playing out the album, but they don't pick up the energy again. Uh, one kind of half complaint I have is um you know when a song is like tangentially close to another song and listening to a song makes you remember a different song yeah and it could be on the basis of the 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 pace maybe some of the instruments sound like maybe one chord or one key off of what you remember listening to uh rundling it sounds like the home depot theme (laughs) and uh it's like it's like two layers removed from the Home Depot theme, and I can't help but hear it when I listen to that song. And that that's and the thing is, is like it's not a bad song. I think Rundling's a decent song, but uh, it's those fucking horns. It's that fucking horn that sounds like and I just fucking despise that shit. But it's like that's yeah that's that's my that's my one complaint and it's and it sucks because that's a good song it's got a lot of the it's got a lot of the quick pace snare drums in the forefront and then you get the fucking stupid home depot horn and i'm just like yeah this could have been a lot better but i don't dislike it either and um playing hunt on the floor it's a it's like um trying to make a comparison but in the it's the jazz form of taking like a lonely walk through a city. There's there's just like a pace of like, you know, character that's walk that's roaming through a city or something, walking through maybe it's a a rainyish sort of dark night and he's just kind of roaming through the city and it maybe but this has got this is like the jazz variant of it. And I think it's uh I think it's a pretty nice play out. Um again, this album is only forty one minutes long. Uh, these guys are from Baltimore, Maryland, and they are currently touring in Europe. Uh, I find that kind of odd. I don't know why they would be over there. Like, come, come, come on a tour over here, man. You got some, you got some decent stuff going on here. I'd love to hear some longer form stuff. Um, but you know, I, Americans just don't have a taste for this kind of thing. Yeah, I can, I can see it kind of playing, but I don't know about Switzerland though. Like Switzerland is a is different. You know, France, England, I suppose. Then they go to Switzerland. I'm like, I don't know about that. You sure about this, guys? So, I uh, I'm gonna slap. I'm gonna slap a. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap three on this. Sorry, but I I like a lot of the stuff that goes on here. But there's there's too much there's too much like excess stuff. If if it was just the first three songs, this would be like a four point five. Like clearly, oh, easily. Yeah, those first three songs are fucking kicking. The guy is like shoving his tongue all the way down the saxophone. <laughs> and Christ. I can't and I clearly cannot get over it because it like it it shook me. Shook me really hard. So um, the rest of it is just like that like excessive or uninteresting that 
it, it knocks it all down like a, a whole one and a half stars. Yeah, like the first four minutes of Law of Movement is like um, I can't can't think of the word, but it's like a shocking noise where it's just a constant horn, where it's like I don't know. I guess it'd be like a cutscene of someone getting like punched. I can't can't think of the sound, but it's like a shocking one for sure. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I would uh, I would say that. I would say that there's like I really like the first three songs, four songs four and five, like even the second half of a, uh, like Love Movement. It's just very bland. Like Love Movement is a very bland song. It's just a lot of like the finger picking that's going on here. There's a, there's some decent finger picking, but it's just so much done. It's done way better in the first song, Zero Degree Machine. So, you know, songs four and five don't add anything. Song six isn't uh, isn't bringing the energy back, and it's playing a fucking stupid Home Depot song with the horns. <laughs> and song seven's nice. It's I'm not gonna say it's got like loner vibes to it, but it's definitely a song that's like a. It's got a like a slower, like a almost detective pace. That's like maybe a better like it's like a detective song. It's kind of like. I guess it's like what you would hear like like in a transitional detective movie with like some horns added on. And I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say I, I I just can't make anything of the last four songs as a as a body, as a cohesive body. Those first three songs are just they come out fucking screaming. And that's and that's what I, I I can see, you know, you see a band that has potential like that. You know, you can come out screaming for three songs, but you get into the slower paced stuff and it just all goes away. It just all goes away. And um, yeah, I would I would have to give it a three for that reason, because I like the highs. The highs are good. The highs have a lot of stuff going on. So that's uh that's my that's my thought on it. So uh, if you want to listen to it in that way, first three songs are like together, eighteen minutes or so. Like even that is a really rough guess. So I would definitely recommend that. Okay, I feel like this is one I'll I'll check out eventually. Um, I am kind of worried that you know the the genre tags here kind of look similar to uh the black midi album where i'm kind of like yeah, at certain points is this just going to be just a bunch of sounds happening or just ideas with no no writing around that but you you sound like that's not the that's not the case for at least the first three songs on here um i see uh the first review here by foxtrot stowaway um i actually think this is one of the worst reviews i've ever read um, <laughs> foxtrot stowaway is Describing the album as a neuron stroking and booty shaking <laughs> combination. <laughs> uh, combination King Crimson Prague, Battles Mathy Indie Rock, Steve Reich Minimalist Repetition, Tiniaroin Desert Trance Blues, Black Midi Bad Trip Oddity, the Comet is Coming contemporary free jazz, where I can tell you for a fact that The Comet is Coming is not at all free jazz. Um, <laughs> Noi Krautrock Traveling, early 90s, Otesh, how do you say that, Electron, Otesher? Is that it? I, I, I say Otekra. 
that's, pro- that's there's no way that's fucking right either. <laughs> that's just what I mentally said for a long time, and I've never heard. That's one of those things I haven't heard anyone say it out loud, and I've just only read it. So I'm like, oh, that's Otekra. <laughs> there's no way his name's actually fucking Otekra. It's, it's probably just Otek or Otekra. I don't fucking know. Whatever, some <laughs> European. We know you know who I'm talking about. Uh, ambient guy. tech now. And uh, Zappa slash Beefheart, Bizarro Noodling, and more. And, like, bro, you already described like eight things there. Is it really more than that, or are you just bad at describing things? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's... <laughs> it really strokes my neuron. <laughs> hey, I gotta, I gotta say, I, I went to the Wikipedia page to see what the the freaking uh, pronunciation like assistant would say, and the fucking letters that are getting thrown around here. <laughs> I can. Uh, what's that C? What's the C? Did you? I think you can click on it and it'll it'll pronounce it. I don't. I I, I don't think it's working. I think that's yeah. I don't. I don't know how to read this. I don't. Who who invented this language, man? Yeah, I'm gonna guess from this. It's like a tecker. Yeah, because that's a K. So there has to be a hard K sound in there. Um. But yeah, that's a terrible fucking review. That's so bad. Like, oh yeah, this just eclipsed like a gigantic sphere of music. Uh, no, nothing personal, kid. Good luck <laughs> figuring that shit out. Uh, yeah, I I do. Uh, actually, I don't know if I want to get my neurons stroked. So that sounds like it could be pleasurable or painful. I can't tell. Um. Yeah. So there's um. You know, I also sent you the the review. They continue to push the mold of what's possible for music. This is why I don't take any fucking reviews seriously. (laughs) Of the four reviews, I have now looked at two of them. And I can see just from skimming, like the the quickest skim of all time, Sarah, uh, the second review that comes up, there, there is a mention of NFTs inside of it. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> Who's wasting their time reviewing music? <laughs> oh my oh. gosh. So I I can't fucking stand this. I this is why I've finished. I'm never writing a fucking music review in my life. I'm just gonna stick to <laughs> shit posting in the comment box. Um I will say, and, and I don't, I don't expect to, uh, I don't expect if, if you didn't watch it, that's fine. But uh, in the Banshee's comment box, um, I left a. You may know this archetype, but I left a, I left a thing. The main character's name's Podrick, and I just said Podrick is literally me. <laughs> <laughs> in the same vein of the Blade Runner and the Drive and fucking Gosling shit posting, I'm like Podrick is literally me. <laughs> Like, what else is there to do about all this shit? Like, why would you bother, like, reviewing this shit in, like, long form? Like, most of these reviews just suck balls. And that's... Yeah. And that's accepted. Like, whatever. If you're gonna write bad reviews, that's fine. But don't expect me to take it seriously, because I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... That's a whole thing. Yeah, so... I, uh... Gonna give a big laugh to that. Um... I, I will say that this this is worth listening to. I would say that the first three songs, and if you if, definitely if you want to keep going, I mean it's a short album to begin with. Uh, I will say the whole fucking like 
if you just like law of movement in the first four minutes, it's like a constant horn, no percussion, no, no guitars. And it's just fucking annoying. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be a really long and cheesy intro, but like, blech, whatever. I, I, I'm just not into it. Uh, I will say that, um, that I enjoy this album. I thought I would, I thought that like totalism, totalism, is, it can be a complete fucking turn off. If you don't like what's going on, you're going to hate most of the album, but it wasn't a thing here. And maybe it wasn't overly like, um, overly challenging to the, like the, they, they didn't try to make the album one giant blood filter, but yeah, I thought that, that it was just pretty good overall. Let's say it's worth listening to. It should, it should be around there. So that's uh that's my final thoughts on it, giving it a three out of five. I would like right. to see some better stuff from them, but they can do it. I know that they can do it. Yeah, that seems like a, a very fair and balanced review. Um I'm gonna keep it pushing here. I I said I, I had three hot takes, um, but I actually got lazy and forgot two of them, so I only have one. Um here it is. Um Dogecoin is just Bitcoin for poor people. Um, that's not a hot take at all. I think it's like actually backed up in fact. Like, I think the Dogecoin code and the encryption, like SHA-256, like something, whatever. Um, I want to say that it's like built very similarly to Bitcoin, but it just doesn't offer anything else. Like maybe it's like a an incredibly... And I, I'm not even going to say like an incredibly slimmed down version of Bitcoin because Bitcoin's core code is not complex. It is very, very simple. Um, so, I mean, if anything, Dogecoin probably has bloat. But as far as like it being for poor people, I mean, it's probably got worse performance over the last five years other than the stupid like meme spikes by Elon Hard. And... Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm so fucking sick of that guy. It's unreal. I can't wait until he dies and I never have to hear him about him again. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm even gonna bring up the Doge. You know, I'll bring up the Dogecoin to Bitcoin chart uh, over the last five years because, like, it's done fuck all. Oh my god, no, actually, never mind. Elon fucking <laughs> okay. Wow, uh, that's didn't not what I expected. Say something to see. that didn't Elon just say something that caused it to go back up in price for a little while or something. Yeah, um, I think he did. I think it was actually recently, October 24th, there was a spike up from, and the Yahoo charts does not have a resolution fine enough because the value of Bitcoin versus the value of Dogecoin is very far apart. Yeah. Magnitudes. <laughs> so you don't get a very high resolution on the Yahoo charts, the boomer finance chart. Um, now, if you go on Binance, I mean, over the last... Well, and Binance doesn't have anything longer than a month. Wait, because bro, there's really motherfuckers out here on Yahoo Finance? Looking at Dogecoin? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's unironically pretty good for, like, uh, tracking stocks, like, day-to-day and stuff. But, I mean, like, it's a boomer thing. Like, everyone is fine with it. Yeah, in, in 2018... Yeah, you know what? Dogecoin's probably one of the only things that's, like, outpaced Bitcoin over the last... Because of meme spikes and shit because i mean in 2016 to 2019 like it did fucking nothing like it lost value probably lost like probably two-thirds of its value so yeah i think elon's basically kept it alive like it sp- spiked it up and then it declined for like a year and a half and then it spiked up recently probably i don't know probably something to do with fucking twitter i literally don't care i'd just love to see him fucking be gone for a while 
Yeah. Um, so why were you? Why did you say that? That's your hot take. Uh, I don't know. I think I just thought of it one day, like like a couple of days ago, and was like, "Huh, that sounds accurate." Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. That's a pretty fair hot take. I uh, I can see why you know it's a lot of people that want to be the crypto bros that like don't have the money to buy even a fifth of a Bitcoin token. Like, yeah, like they just want to have a big number means good. You can buy like a couple thousand Dogecoin and be like, "Yeah, this is the fucking one." And you know, if you could time an Elon spike, and and people do try to do that. I, I kid you not. There's probably stories of a uh, of trading guys on Wall Street that time like Elon events because there were you know there Elon was events. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm dead serious. There's always rumblings of Elon doing something right before he does it, like the Twitter thing. Like there were rumblings of him buying Twitter and then he came out and said I'm buying and then there was a whole like is he actually going to buy it or not? <laughs> because the stock pumped and it got like um it got halted because people kept trying to buy in because they're like oh my god, Elon's going to run Twitter, we're going to the moon. And then like two weeks to a month goes by and the value goes back down to where it was for Elon made the announcement, which honestly in that regard means that basically all the investors have already priced the fact, priced in the fact that Elon is not going to buy Twitter. Like at some point the news would drop that Elon was not going to be buying Twitter and the stock would tank below where it was before. Because you got to figure like part of Twitter's value was getting bought by someone and getting an acquisition. And it happened there was it was on incredibly shaky grounds and then it got privatized it's not even on it's not like a on the s&p 500 anymore and honestly good maybe good thing because holy fuck they're losing money and i don't know if i like it or not yeah i I remember he um he said at one point that uh they had misled him on like the number or the percentage of bots on twitter or something so he wasn't going to buy it anymore but then Twitter was like, uh, actually, bro, you said you were going to buy this. You are going to fucking buy it, and we're going to sue you to make you buy it now. <laughs> yeah, because they were all going to get billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, I just saw earlier today, I think, you know, it was uh, Eli Lilly, who's that uh, whatever kind of pharmaceutical company or something that somebody made the fake tweet that was like, hey, guys, insulin's free now. Uh, and then their their stock went down like right after that but apparently that was also for unrelated reasons anyway uh but they just announced either today or yesterday that they are no longer like paying for for advertising on twitter or something um and that's that's been something that's i think there's been a few more big companies who have said yeah we're just we're not you know there's there's too much bullshit going on on here now we're not spending our money here um which is not good for for Mr. Muskie, um, but I'm I'm excited to see Twitter's downfall. Actually, I think you know people are getting a little premature about this. It was probably the New York Times because this is some New York Times shit where they were like, "The end of social media is happening because Twitter is terrible and Facebook is or Meta has lost all their money on the fucking metaverse that was apparently like Second Life but worse." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're they're all clamoring for the, the the end of social media now, but I don't I don't know I don't really see that. Um, I don't either. People aren't gonna stop using fucking social media just because those companies are losing money. Like yeah, Twitter might Twitter Twitter is gonna figure itself out. 
in a year or whatever, like maybe six months or so. But they'll they'll eventually figure this shit out. I I not that I hope, but you gotta figure like all those people that are on Twitter, they're gonna they're gonna leave and they're gonna go to other places and and you know they may over they may wander over to places that I frequent on the internet and 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 I don't want that. You need fucking stick it in your fucking cage. Like get the. I don't want to talk. I don't want to see your posts. Like go away. I, I left Twitter for a reason. Dude, Twitter's Twitter started. You know, it it turned into shit when um they started. I, I don't know how long ago this was, but I remember I I tried to go on Twitter a while ago, and it, I was seeing stuff from like people that I hadn't followed, and I was seeing ads that I wasn't seeing before, and I was like, what's what's the point of being on here anymore? Like, I don't I don't care about this. Like, the reason the whole point was to follow the people that I care about and only see their posts, and now I'm seeing all this like recommended bullshit. Like, get it get it out of here. Yeah. All the, you know, the politically charged algorithms and stuff that, you know, Facebook caught a lot of hot water for is happening the same way on Twitter. And uh, I think I told you this during the week, but, and you can argue if this is a good thing or bad thing, because, like, you know, you're placing one bad hobby with, with another. But, you know, in Japan, people were reporting that a lot of the advertising was politically charged because once Elon took over, the algorithm very, very, very noticeably changed from being a lot of political stuff and society, um, I guess advertisements on society to like, you know, be a working person, you know, live a productive life and stuff. <laughs> Stop and, just being a need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it changed to what, like, what was the most actually popular, which was video games and anime in Japan. Go figure, right? <laughs> right. Um... So, so it became, you know, the most popular instead of, you know, I don't think that it was necessarily popular. I don't know if it was like a, you know, I'm not going to say that it was a narrative or a propaganda thing, but it was a company vision at the very minimum to, you know, be political. Maybe it was just uh, the most, you know, uh, money giving, you know, the highest bidder stuff, advertising stuff. That's probably the more likely explanation. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it drives a lot of traffic and stuff. Um, and uh our, uh, our our good good friend of the show Jen Bryany also said that apparently mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. people from Twitter moving to uh to YouTube. A lot of political discussion is moving on to there instead, as if that place wasn't enough of a fucking cesspool already. <laughs> My question is, but why? I know apparently- can, I know you can like do um individual posts with images. Like, you can set out a post, like, as part of a timeline, which, like, what the fuck? Why does YouTube have a timeline? And second of all, like, you know, you can, it's like you just post an image. And I know a couple channels that do that, that I, like, you know, follow here and there or just get stuck in my stupid algorithm and I don't want them to leave. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I know there's a, there's a surprisingly large audience on YouTube. Like, I didn't know people were still that into YouTube. Like I, I was talking to some friends a while ago who they're, they, they don't like make a lot of videos or anything like that. I don't know. I don't even think they make any videos, but like they, they know YouTubers and I, I don't, I don't know any like relevant YouTubers since like, you know, probably like the early 2010s. I didn't know there were still relevant YouTubers outside of fucking like Mr. Beast or whatever, you know? I, I don't either. To me, it kind of seems like it's just a real big crowd. Like, there's more just, like, online personas that scale multiple platforms, like Twitch and, I don't know, like, 
other sites like Instagram, I guess, that are just like, you know, like it's not really that there are YouTube stars anymore. You know, maybe there's a couple like, you know, TikTok, you know, YouTube and TikTok, they'll 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 cross over and, you know, it's just you got a wide range. Like people have. (laughs) Yeah. Cross streams. You have a wide range of people that are just on a bunch of platforms and they're just on there. And that's, you know, they get a lot of people because of like, you know, 15 year olds or something. Yeah, here's here's a here's a possible hot take. Um, I I actually do believe this. I think Twitch is the most cancerous form of social media out there. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm trying to think of anything else that like could come close. Like, I think that Twitter's probably taking the cake. There's a lot of bad things that have happened on Twitter on live. No, I said Twitch. Or Twitch. I meant Twitch. I was thinking okay. about Twitch, but said Twitch. Okay. So, okay. no, I, there's a lot of bad things that have happened on Twitch that, you know, like there's just a lot of bad. Like, on the virtue of live streaming, you get those glimpses into, like, what people are actually like. And people got to stop playing fucking video games, man. You are literally wasting your life <laughs> doing this shit. And all you people watching them are even, I'm not going to say you're even worse, but you're making a bad oh, no, decision. They're worse. They're worse. I, I'm not even. I'm not even upset about the um, the the streamers themselves as much as I am like the the communities that form around like watching people for hours at a time, like play video games or like it, it even has gotten to infect like the political sphere where I'm seeing people mention uh, you know on, on a certain um, a certain image board uh, that yeah. talks about. Um, leftist politics you know i'm seeing people mention guys like like vouch or like has or like i barely even know who these guys are you don't know his son no no i really don't know him son fucking piker (laughs) i've never i've never watched any of his content i've i've never i don't know what his views are on anything but i'm seeing people like like as soon as i started seeing people call other people vouchites and i've i've never I've never like watched anything by Vouch. I just know apparently like people make jokes about him liking kids or something. I don't know where that comes from. Uh, I'm not claiming that's true, but it's apparently, you know, people believe it. But like as soon as that started to be a thing where we're ascribing like political ideologies to fucking Twitch streamers, these fucking nobodies who aren't actually doing anything in their lives. Like this is this is how society dies, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like the. It's kind of, I think it's a prelude to a lack of self. Um, I want to say it's a prelude to a very wide societal lack of self reflection or self. What's the word? What's a word for being able to look at yourself in the mirror? Like self reflection is the only thing I could think about, but there's another word that's on the tip of my tongue that I can't think of. Shit, I know it too. Self reflectance like what's the word that animals like you know that they can recognize that they're themselves in the mirror like basically that like uh, humans are going to lose that at some point from from all of this like constant content um engaging with other people non-stop and not having any like time of silence because then you're forced to kind of like you know i am who i am and i'm you know it's like a self-recognition i think um, that's it yeah I guess that's the one. It's, I don't think that's the one I was thinking of, but that's one of them that can, you know, be described. So mm-hmm. that's um, that's the word. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it's pretty wild. And uh, I think um, I think the biggest thing to take away from Hassan Piker is that he is a um, he is a tarted liberal uh, <laughs> that 
that has gone to Twitch cons and bullied people because they were bullying him for having dumb views and being an overall bad person. Kind of a <laughs> kind of a baby. He's like a child. He is also the nephew of Chank Uger. Oh fuck, that's probably why I've heard about him in some other spaces. Like yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and there is a big thing. There is a big thing in a celebrity boxing match where a man known as Sam Hyde, who is a <laughs> an online shit poster, and he was in he finally did this boxing match in a celebrity boxing match. I can't remember who he fought. But at the end, you know, they do of all like MMA stuff and you and boxing, like, who do you want to see next? And Sam Hyde looked into the camera and he was doing like an Irish persona. It's called the Candyman. I think he's a very <laughs> funny. I think he's a very funny person. I think he's got some dumb views now and then. But overall, I think he's a very funny person to, just to like listen to shit post. I think his friend is even funnier. Like uh, his name's like Nick Rochefort. Um, they're both from Rhode Island, and they're like typical like northeastern shit poster, <laughs> like very, very senile shit posters. But they're very funny. Um, and Sam looked in the camera and he said, "Hassan Piker, I'm coming to kill you at your house in Los Angeles <laughs> because he's got this giant mansion in Los Angeles." <laughs> and Sam Hyde challenged him to a boxing fight, and Hassan Piker basically turtled and never recognized it, and he like banned <laughs> anyone in his chat that mentioned it. Like in any number of things, there were people that came up to him at a TwitchCon and said like, "Oh, when are you gonna box Sam?" And he would always get fucking really upset and melt down at the person that like tried to talk to him so much it's just like incredible like there is there's one very funny uh video that basically he's just calling sam hyde a nazi and shit and like for for stuff that he did with adult swim on uh, like 2015 and sam was like no that shit fucking blew you know the, he talked about the behind scenes of like adult swim and like how he got locked into a contract that paid fucking nothing and he's basically saying, like, you know why Eric Andre was in those Verizon commercials? It's because he doesn't get paid enough at Adult Swim to, like, just make it on that. So he has to, like, you know, whore out. And there's, But that's the whole background. Hassan Piker is a baby back bitch that won't fight Sam Hyde. And until he fights Sam Hyde, <laughs> I will not take him seriously. He's also just got a lot of really stupid, like, I don't know, like, it's like, it's like younger, like, it's just like young liberal shit. It's like, like the stuff that like, even that when leftists say it, you're just like, oh, really? Come on. You, you have that opinion. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He basically is doing that. So it's, it's just like that, you know, Hassan Piker is a baby back bitch, but he's the total fucking, <laughs> he's just got a Twitch stream or a YouTube stream. And that's all he does. <laughs> Can because... we title the episode that? <laughs> What, Hassan Piker is a baby back bitch that yes. won't fight Sam Hyde? <laughs> that is a boxing match. I shit you not. I would, that is the only boxing match in the entire world between any two people that I would pay for. I would pay for that. I would probably pay $50 to see it. And, and you know how fucking stingy and frugal and poor I am? I would pay $50 <laughs> to see Sam Hyde and, and Son Piker fight. And I don't care because either way I could just say, oh, no, right, bros, pulling the fuck out if, uh, if Sam got knocked out or something. So I would just watch it and fucking lose my mind. My blood pressure would spike up the, to the max. It would just be funny either way. But these people are just internet. Like, I would compare them to... Um, 
to like there's a certain there's like sports shows that essentially they're not like sports center anymore they're just people that are spewing hot takes back and forth and shit like this is just the 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 non-sports zoomer political version of that like it's a total like there is no dialogue there's just hot takes and shit posting there's just my opinion is right no matter what it's just like who can be the loudest in the room it's so fucking unbelievably stupid um Vouch is like that too and Sandpiker's like that they're basically the two fucking horsemen of of of, of stupid retards <laughs> there are also <laughs> there are also videos of a Sandpiker like he posted them, I think, on his Twitter. He was training to box. The videos that he posted are so unbelievably slow and weak. I fucking shit you not. There's one where he's uh where he's punching a a, a punching bag, and there's one where he's uh he's got a friend and he's got a friend holding up a pad, and Hassan is like uh was like kicking it, and he's like kicking around in a circle, and those kicks have the fucking strength of like a six year old girl. I swear to God, <laughs> they are so so weak. And I'm not even a kickboxing guy. I don't I don't bother with kickbox. I'm too fat to do that shit. Um, so I just I just stick to boxing. But even his boxing stuff, I mean. It's it's grim. It's very grim. So it's not it's not a surprise that he's taken the piss baby way out uh, to not do any boxing fight. Because also the biggest thing is like, well, Hassan, you said that you would punch a Nazi. Let's see you do it. That's the whole reason that Sam challenged him. It's like come and punch a Nazi sort of thing. And Hassan is a baby back fucking bitch because he won't do it. That's the summary. He's a fucking loser. He's also Chank Weger's stupid nephew. That's the only reason he has any notoriety whatsoever. <laughs> All right. I yeah, feel like we cleaned counts. up that one. Uh, I, I, I picked the last few topics. You want to bring something to the table here? Yeah, I'm going uh, I'm going to do, do a sip review. No, I'm going to do the movie review. So I made a, I told you I told you a while ago this week that I made a, made a Kino station. Made a, I, I added some cozy stuff to, to kind of reap in the uh, reap in the weather, the fall weather. I opened my window and it's like the fucking coldest gust of wind. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to leave that closed. Um, so I've got a nice little station now. Booted up the good old HBO, my, yeah. my, good, my good friend's account. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> decided to try and find a movie on there. I did found a movie that is listed as... Um, this is listed on Letterboxd. Letterboxd has a list. They have an official top 250 narrative feature films of all time. Number one on this list is Parasite, the 2019 South Korean movie. And uh, number 19 is the movie I watched. And this movie is called Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Oh, shit. Goodfellas is a 1990 movie made by the Scorsese, Italian, and I gotta say, because like I, I definitely think they they mess with stuff like the 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 runtime in the older movies because they're trying to like give the viewer an appreciation. It basically starts off with Scorsese looking at the camera and saying like, "Oh yeah, I grew up with this stuff, and that's this is where my inspiration was." He got it from um got it from a book while he was in Chicago, um, about. It's basically the adaptation of Goodfellas. You can look it up. I don't know what the title was, but it's an adaptation from that book that he read about the um, Italian stories from old Chicago. 
and kind of like a, a blend between that and mob stories that he would listen to growing up and from where he lived in his time. Goodfellas has uh, has the big the big three: Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. Obviously, those are the the three that you think of when you think of the Italian movie. <laughs> um, so, on to the movie. I've got to say, you know that thing in the 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 very the very iconic thing that would happen in movies. I know it happens in Mean Girls. Like kind of the first third, maybe the first fourth of the movie, there's a narrative, you know, there's a narrator that says a lot of stuff, you know, that that gives you the background and yeah. says stuff about characters. Yeah, well, this one just does it through the entire fucking movie. You know, you you know, you, you can't just watch the movie. You got to have it explained to you. Um, mm. Found that rather annoying. Uh, I will say that this is the number 28 movie of all time. Uh, number one for 1990. Has 11,367 ratings, clocks in at a 4.16, is listed as 146, 146 uh, minutes. Um, I will say that the number of, so so the rating distribution is very interesting for this. Uh, you have your slight increase as you would expect for anything that's like above a four, all the way until a flat four. Now, 4, 4.5, and 5 have damn near equal the exact same ratings. They are off by, like, 50, 60 ratings each. Like, they're very, very close. They all come in. So, 4 Star has 3,041 ratings. 4.5 has has two under 3,000 ratings, so 29.98. So, that's very close, you know, 50. And then 5 has 2,801. So just 200 difference there. Very, very close. I, I don't get the I don't get the majestic appeal. I don't. It's, it's, it's a typical Scorsese, another one that's completely over my head. I'm not sure if it's it, like where's the glamour? Where is the where is the iconicness of it? Where is I mean, yeah, it isn't it is like to me, it is an Italian gangster movie. It starts off, everything is hunky dory. A lot of them kill each other here and there. And, you know, there's poker tables, there's bar stuff, there's, you know, not respecting me, not respecting my image. There's, you know, I, I will say, fucking uh, Ray Liotta is a fucking genius in this. He is so, so good in this. Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci are, are killing it. And I, and Paulie, uh, there's a guy named Paulie Cicero, Paul Sorvino. Very, very good performance, too. De Niro? Eh, what does he do? What does he do? I'll be honest. What does he do? I don't know. I don't know what he does. But he got outclassed by at least three guys in this. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I don't... I, I I liked the movie. I enjoyed the story. It starts off with them being hunky-dory, and, and like midway through, things are obviously getting worse. The money is kind of disappearing. That People got to try and get their money. And it ends with each other with them testifying against each other and and you know trying to keep the gangster close but they do not and i'm fine with i'm fine with spoiling it because like literally how else would this fucking movie go am i right (laughs) um i'd say the interpersonal acting is the best part of this there's and maybe maybe i'm kind of turned off to it because it's like just from a from like two generations it takes place you know two generations ago in like the 60s or 70s i want to say 
and you know i i've seen a lot of movies that are that take place around that time and you know you've got your super loud bombastic italians and that's fucking all that's in this movie um there and and there are uh there there's a couple there's another uh thing where there's a guy that gets married to a jewish girl and you know both of their families are like you know you can't date her because she's not italian you can't date him because he's not jewish and you know that's like this is not worthy of like a a minor trope in the movie i'm gonna be honest i don't care for this shit and i'm just gonna say i think that i think it's the acting i think it's the acting i don't get the director like praise for this the actors make this movie they they i'm not gonna say they save the movie but they make it they that's the entire point um but the story is not you know the story it's not not like it's anthology but it's not like super duper connecting like you've got a number of like kind of groups and you get the explanations of how they work through the narrator that's there for the entire movie but you know being a being a two hour and 20-ish minute movie and it was good. I don't think it was great. I really don't. I think I think from what I've heard that the Godfather probably circles the wagon on this shit. And that's probably what I'm going to watch next. I've been trying to to kick back uh, the interest in to watch Sopranos. So, yeah, I'm just hitting the Italian job like over and over again. <laughs> that's what I think I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because Goodfellas is one of those one of those movies where I remember having great feelings towards it and I want to defend it. Um, and I want to have that hot take that Goodfellas is better than the Godfather. I feel like I've said it before um, just to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I went and I actually rewatched it a few months ago. I want to say um, somewhere between like three and six months ago, probably. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. And that was kind of it. That was all I really had uh, going for it. Um, I have not seen most of Scorsese's uh, filmography here. Um, honestly, though, I don't think I'm that big of a fan. I what, I don't no of of Scorsese in general. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I really like The Departed. I still love The Departed, Absolutely. even though ever since somebody had a, a tweet that was like, wow, The Departed, a movie about rats opens up with a shot of a literal rat. How deep um, <laughs> it either opens or closed with it. I can't remember. Um, I think it opens. But yeah, I still love that one. I think that's like a solid, you know, either a four or a four point five, depending on which way you want to go with it. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you know, Wolf of Wall Street was just ridiculously overhyped. I'm never going to get over how disappointing that not even disappointing, but just like not great. That movie was um, it's just a lot of Leo yelling, doing classic Leo. Oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, <laughs> I could I, I've said it before, but I couldn't. I watched probably the first 15 minutes of it and I'm like, dude, there's just too much swearing in this shit for the fun of it. And I know that's the point because they're all greasy Wall Street guys. But it's like, I don't want to listen to this shit right now. So I just never did. I mean, it's 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 a fun watch, I think. It's it's worth one watch. Uh, maybe not any more than that. Um, just really made me wish that I could do some quaaludes at the end of the day. Uh, but other than that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through it here and 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I should watch Casino. I've heard a lot of really great things about that, but and I I didn't get Taxi Driver at all. I'll put it out there. I'm I'm a fucking pleb on that part. Like I just I don't. I didn't either. Taxi Driver. I have a fucking rate as a two point five star because <laughs> I'm just like this movie's fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's just like been driving, you know. He's you know new people, and he you know goes in the marts and stuff. And it's like, dude, it's not great. Yeah, I, I, it's it's just one of those ones where people praise it as some very like, I don't know, deep and and symbolic movie and stuff. But I'm like, I, I don't care at the end. Like I, it's it just wasn't interesting to me. Yeah, I um, I totally I. I, I've got to say I agree. I'm looking down Spielberg stuff right now. I think that After Hours is a fairly good um, is a fairly good movie. I've got it rated as a three, but honestly, I should probably rate it as a three point five for how I remember it. It is like a, it is a very like, it's definitely black comedy mixed with surrealism. Like it's a very light surrealism. It's also ninety seven minutes. There's your hook. That's how you. Okay. Get. All right. I'm in. <laughs> in. So I would say that that's a pretty good movie. That's probably one of his underappreciated ones. Um, I don't know if you ever. Cheech and Chong. Yeah, it's got Cheech and Chong in it. Um, what's what was I going to say? Raging Bull. That's one that I've got to watch. Uh, I haven't watched, but I've. It's one I've got to get to. Um, which one did you say again? I can't fucking remember. God damn it. Uh, um, casino yeah casino that's one that i that's one that i should watch too and i mean other than that you know i'd probably give um what was it called it was right after um it was right after raging bull it was right after raging bull king of comedy just to i i, I hope i'd like that one but i could i could understand if i didn't um but we'll see i'll probably watch like a few more but there's a lot of just there's a lot of stuff in here that you know never really made it you know Oh God! Casino's got De Niro and Pesci in it too. <laughs> I, I like Pesci. Pesci's underrated, man. Is you he know, really? Al, Al Pacino and uh, yeah, man, Joe Pesci's fucking dope. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro get way more praise than than uh, than than what Joe Pesci or Ray Liotta did. Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta are dope, but Agreed. I gotta say De Niro's overrated just a bit. And maybe I'll Absolutely. watch Raging Bull and completely like 180. That would be pretty <laughs> funny, um, but guess we'll just have to see on that but yeah my final take uh goodfellas it was a good movie that i fuck can we redo that yeah go for it goodfellas was a decent movie i enjoyed watching it but like you know there's times in there that i'm just like is this really it is this the movie that i've you know been told to revere as the 19th best narrative film of all time i think not i think not yeah, especially that point where um Robert De Niro goes, "Hey, aren't we some good fellas?" That was like, yeah, really, oh bro? My fucking god, I hated that part so much. I have I've wanted to say this, and I and I'm and I'm fine with spoiling it now. But I was gonna say after the Banshees review, there needs to be an app, and I and I say an app because there was an app, and then it stopped existing. There needs to be a site that similar to the one i'm sure maybe you've seen it does the dog die or not in the movie literally all it does is say does the dog live or not or does it get injured and it does that for every movie um there needs to be a a website that says do they name drop the title in the movie (laughs) because because i was going to say and i didn't want to spoil it but banshees does say it but mcdonough does is such like it is the most satirical shit he is basically (laughs) calling out every other movie that does it because 
um what's his name uh audric asks the uh gleason he's like so what's the what's this ballad named and he's like the banshees of in a sharon and podrick is like wow that's it's very serious do you have any reason for it and he's like no, I just like the double SH sound. <laughs> it's like, oh my fucking God. I was just like, yep, he just dabbed on everyone else that uh, has ever done the name drop in the movie. But yeah, the Goodfellas thing, I'm like, it's it was very early too. He's like, yeah, there's just a bunch of Goodfellas. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those. <laughs> so that's my final thought. <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm gonna get to him, and I'm I'm probably gonna stick it like a movie a week or so, you know, just to just to break in the the, the nice station. So yeah, do you want to do uh you want to do your sip reviews, or do you want to get to a different topic? Um, I think we're we're getting close to the two hour mark here, so we might have to put the sip reviews off for another week here. Um, because I got the album that I actually listened to this week, the new album that I listened to this week. Um, this is the debut album of goddamn. I I need to actually pull this up before I start talking about it, but I got so many goddamn tabs open. Uh, this is debut album by a band named Fleshwater. Uh, the album is called "We're Not Here to Be Loved," which oh, that made me kind of sad. Pretty sad, yeah. Like, who hurt you, Fleshwater, and why'd they do it? This came out uh, about, oh shit, actually it came out November 4th. All right, um, a little bit out of my normal time frame, so I'm going to feel bad about that. But this is an alternative metal album with uh, male and female vocals and secondary tags of post-hardcore and shoegaze. I don't know why those are there. Those don't need to be there. Um, I think that really just is not a secondary here. Like it's, it's just alternative metal. We can just kind of leave it at that. We don't need to try and look any further into it. And, um, my thoughts on this one are not very original. Um, I got five seconds into the album and I said, Oh, all right, this is going to be butt rock. (laughs) And then I got 30 seconds into the album and thought, Oh, this is just early Deftones, but worse. And that seems to be like the prevailing uh, thought or criticism or, you know, just general thing that people notice about this album is it's just it it's almost just a straight rip off of early Deftones. Um, and I'm not even like a big Deftones fan. I really I don't, I don't know if there are big Deftones fans out there anymore. It's probably like three. Um I do like a few songs on their second album, Around the Fur, that came out in 97. So it's like, eh, you know, that's that's about 25 years. We're good for people to start just completely copying that now. <laughs> uh, but it's just, you know, they're, they're just doing that sound. And then, you know, the female vocals come in and it's like, okay, maybe there's like a little bit of like Flyleaf maybe or, or some, some very early Paramore. Um, but this is you know it's been done before and it's been done better um that's kind of that's i guess that's kind of my only thoughts on there this is not you know an, an interesting um album this is not original uh, apparently you know a few different reviewers are saying that there's been a lot of um sort of deftones 
uh, not copycat or worship, but like heavily influenced bands uh, popping up in recent years, just because, you know, it's about that time. Um, there's one review at the bottom of the front page on it that I really like by somebody named Coil Train. Um, it just starts off with the word duck tones. And then the rest of it is just in Cyrillic until it gets to the end and says enjoy. Uh, they gave it a four stars. That's that's a bit excessive, in my opinion. Um, I think this is just like, it's just a very average album. I'm not mad at it. It didn't offend me. Um, I went grocery shopping while I was listening to it. So <laughs> if, if I can go grocery shopping to your to your metal album, you got to try a little bit harder, man. You, yeah, you that's really not good. Try a little bit harder. I'm I'm looking at like tomatoes and shit while this is going on. Uh, very very easy two point five to me. Um, try try harder. Try harder, guys. Do something a little bit more original, or at least do what you're doing a lot better. I um, do you think? How many generations can you repeat the same thing? Is it just one? Like would would you know, if, if, you know, let's just say in the, in the year where we're 70, 75, are, are there people that are going to be re replaying Kate Bush or something like that? Probably. I think so. I mean, I think it tends to come in waves. I want to say, um, like, I think there was a, a big push of, um, you know, people are, I guess, constantly readapting re um, these kinds of sounds, not not specifically these Deftones or Kate Bush sounds, but um, a lot of the indie folk pop rock in like indie pop, not even indie pop, sorry, um, I guess folk pop stuff that was coming around, out around like the beginning of the 2010s and stuff like they're very explicit about pulling from the 60s. So. I think that stuff just, you know, cycles around every, every time a, a new generation is coming of age, every, you know, 20, 15 to 25 years, man, that's kind of a long time, maybe like 18 to, to 24 years or something. Um, those sounds kind of repeat themselves in whatever new modern dress is trendy at the time. But again, my problem with this, um, with this Fleshwater album is just that, they don't even really try to redress the sound. They just give you that sound again. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was going to say like in the, in the, what you described from the artists, like in the, in the nineties or aughts taking from those in the sixties, like, eh, well, the ones that got remembered, like actually did it very well. And uh, when you listen to one that's trying to, to shamelessly rip from the previous era and like makes forget forgettable music you kind of want to just look and be like man what are you doing what's going on over there <laughs> can you fix this like come on can you make it satiable make me make me want to listen to it but yeah. yeah um but another thing i was going to point out about this album is that this is currently sitting at number eight for the year um with well, I guess because the charts haven't updated yet, which that's that's a whole problem in itself, man. There's there should be no reason that an alternative metal with album with like 500 ratings and a 3.88 average can end up at number eight on the year this late in the year. Like, yeah, 
you got. Would you call I that a? Would you call that a drought? <laughs> it's it's not even that it's not even that it's a, a drought. It's just that this there should be, you know, not a not a like a minimum number of ratings requirement or something uh, for something to get past a certain spot in the charts, but like something with 500 ratings and it's, it's not like an obscure genre that just people wouldn't normally listen to or something. How does that get all the way to number eight in between, you know, blue rev at number nine with 7,000 ratings and, uh, the forever story by JID at number seven with also 7,000 ratings. Hey, you can let something with 500 ratings slip in between there. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a, what do you think the, what do you think the bar should be to like make the charts, you know, within a week or so? I mean, to just make the charts in general, the big chart, you know, I think 750, I mean, 500 is a, is like an okay. I mean, I don't mind that, but you know, when you see one that's like 505, you can't really take it seriously. Yeah, I think it needs to be, or it should be, um, a combination of, like, the three things they need to take into account when an album is getting up on the charts are, uh, or at least the three main things. Uh, genre, or four main things, okay. Uh, genre, number of ratings, average rating, and time since release. Yeah, This has only been out for... By the time, okay, so it was released on November 4th. I think the charts update on like Tuesdays or some boring ass day like that. Uh, so it had, it had really only been out for, you know, a good less than a week, maybe, or, or somewhere around a week when it got put up there. There's, we, we can't say that something is the number eight album of the year after only being out for a week. We, as a community, like that's just, we shouldn't be doing that. So would you would you say like um would you say the minimum time to like I guess a gate, you know, a time gating, would you time gate three weeks? Is that what would you do? Three I mean, would you do a whole month? I I don't know that I would do a whole month. That seems No, because I mean, look, I'm not I'm I'm not saying that there's some money being exchanged behind closed doors the fucking rym charts i doubt it i'm not saying that i'm I'm not but you know there's with the number of users on this site uh there has to be at least somebody thinking about the fact that these charts can be used as a way of promotion well yeah So, so I don't think that's even necessarily a bad thing because there's a lot of stuff that I just would not have gotten to if I didn't see it high up in the charts. Um, and I don't think there's like a, a time frame or a time gate on that really. Um, but I think if something only has 500 ratings after six or seven days or whatever, however long it took for them to do the charts for this, you you can't you can't put it that high up you gotta like you gotta weight that a little heavier you know maybe put it below 50 or something because this is there's no way it's it's gonna be you know this is gonna have a heavy drop off because it's already at like a 3.6 after like 1500 ratings or something so it's not gonna be up here for any longer than a week um I don't know. I don't I don't have an exact number of like how much time it should take or how many ratings it should take, but 
this is this is just not okay. I'm I'm not I'm not proud to be a part of this site right now. Yeah, I don't blame you. I wouldn't. You know, if you if you if you were given like ten random users that are active, you know, you'd probably find like three gigantic snobs with like five thousand plus ratings. You'd probably get like four zoomers and then like three etc. And by four Zuba zoomers, I mean like turbo zoomers, like people that are like twenty and under, that are like just constantly listening to music that was made like twenty sixteen and after, and like has a couple what poor souls, man. <laughs> it has like Tyler the Creator in their in their fives. Oh, shout out to last week. <laughs> Is that an anti shout out to last week? Yeah, I guess. An, well, no, a shout out to the show. Anti shout out for that guy. Okay, um, all right. So yeah, that's what I would uh, say to that. And then you you know the three etc. It could just be anything, like just everything else. Um, but yeah, don't blame me for not being like proud of the site. But you know, still nice site. It's, it's it does not have a competitor as far as like indexing and searching and stuff. Like it's just functionally good. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 um maybe the best worst music site on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I uh I think we could do uh we're gonna we're gonna push off those sips again. We're gonna we're gonna just push off those sips. But all right, um, next next week will be the sip show. We will talk about all the sips that have ever been you know, I'm gonna keep a log of every sip that I drink it in the next week, which is probably gonna be at least seven. Um <laughs> but maybe maybe more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and you know, just go in on those. Yeah. So I, I, I think I've already got like two or th- maybe three, but I can. I'll probably get like three ish or four. You know, in the, uh, unique ones, the ones that are off of my like, you know, every my every day or every other day. There's days where I'm not where I where I just have one cup of coffee early and and I just don't ever get around to it because I'm like, oh, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Eh. Do I want to crash at like six like badly? Eh. Not so much, but I'll have a I'll have a, some good stuff for next week. But anyway, this has been. I forgot which one it's on. Yeah, well... <laughs> hey, there we go. And the bullets in the gun. All right. Based. All right.